Welcome to Podcast 2 of Fun at Camp Marco, where we help you and us with boredom. We'll start it all off with Aunt Jala explaining why is this camp called Camp Marco and who's Marco. Then we're going to go into Generation Mix-Up and do a crafty segment after. Then we're going to do a story time and to wrap it all up, some tips. I'm Kai. I'm Aunt Jala. I'm Zoe. I'm the Bup. And that silence was Jack the Dog. And now we will be starting our first segment at Fun Times at Camp Marco. So you might be wondering why the camp mm, why the camp is called Camp Marco. I'm glad you asked. Aunt Jolla will explain. Hey, so Marco is actually the name of one of our cats. You might be surprised to learn that we have five of them. It was kind of an accident. Anyway, Marco is the most beloved cat because he is so large that he's larger than our dog. And he's quite round. And he thinks he's a tiny kitten and likes to be picked up. His favorite person is Karina, and he shows his love by clawing her to pieces. So Camp Marco is named lovingly after him. Welcome to the Generation Mix-Up segment. Today I will be explaining to Bup what Instagram is. So, let's get started. Um, Instagram is where people post a bunch of pictures of random things like of food and just of themselves. And they can add filters and you can make yourself look like a dog. And there's filters where it, like, chooses your, like, your Starbucks drink or, like, what you would be if you were a Chick-fil-A order or something like that. <laughs> and, um, so do you have any questions? Yes, what would you be if you were a Chick-fil-A order? I don't know. I haven't used a filter. Non-sponsored podcast. <laughs> so who is able to view all of these things? It depends what privacy you put your account on. Like, I have mine on private, but some people have theirs on public. If yours is on private, people ask to follow you, and then they can see your post. But if yours is on public, anyone can see your posts. Okay, and, and how, long, how long does the information remain available? Forever. Oh. What about stories? Stories only last for that day. Stories only last for the whole day. But but if you delete it, someone else could have already downloaded it or or possibly shared it. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So you have to be extremely careful what you put on there? Yeah, but that's why I have a private account, so only my friends can see it. Can your friends download and share it? Um, you can screenshot You can't download it. But could they share it with someone you wouldn't want it shared with? No. Well, that's good. How do I get access to your Instagram account? You download Instagram, you search up my account, and you ask for me to approve your request to friend me. Now I know about Instagram. 
Yep, and that's a wrap up. Zoe's busy looking at Instagram. Speaking of Instagram, so I took over. Now, Bup's gonna tell me a story about when he was a kid. Can I see that for Public service announcement any coughing that you hear during this segment is Jack the dog, who is an elderly dog with a chronic coughing condition that does not bother him or anyone else, but don't worry, we are all safe. Well, this story is not about me. This story takes place long before I was born. It's a story about my father and his family. So my father was a twin. He had a twin brother named Murray. They were fraternal twins. And he had a younger brother named Ira, and he had a younger sister named Lee. There were four kids in the family. And my dad's father owned barber shops and beauty parlors in New York City, three of them actually. And they made a ton of money. So when they got their money, they decided to move out of the slum they were living in and buy a big house. So they did. They bought a big, beautiful house with a big yard in a, na- in a neighborhood of such houses, and they moved in. Well, it turns out the neighborhood they moved into was largely a Catholic neighborhood, and they were the first Jewish family to move in there. So whenever my father and his brothers would walk to school or home from school, the Bickford brothers would be waiting for them. The Bickford brothers live next door and they would hide. And when my father and his siblings appeared, they would jump out of the bushes and attack them brutally and beat them up. Why did they do this? Because they had been taught that the Jews were bad people and that they were good people and they needed to beat up the bad people. Unfortunately for my father and his siblings, the Bickford brothers were bigger and older. My father's twin, Murray, as soon as he saw the Bickfords coming, always ran away. Aunt Lee, because she was little and a girl, never got bothered. So my father and his little brother, Uncle Ira, did all the fighting. Well, the fighting continued even when they weren't coming home from school. One winter day, when the snow was deep on the ground, my father and his brothers were out in the backyard making snowballs. They saw that the Bickford boys were out in their backyard also making snowballs. So my father and his brothers sneaked all the snowballs up into the attic bedroom and opened the window. And the Bickford brothers snuck all of their snowballs up to their attic bedroom and opened the window. Then they proceeded to have a snowball war between the two attics. He never told me who won. Eventually... The the older Bickford boys were no longer interested in fighting or they left or something. And one day, when the Bickford brothers jumped out at my father and Uncle Ira, they fought them and they won. 
And they went home, and after that, there was no more fighting with the Bickford boys. I think much later, when I was a boy, maybe six to ten years old, my best friends were the McClellans. They were a Catholic family, largely composed of boys, and we did everything together. I can only imagine that my father might not have thought that it was the best thing that I was friends with these Catholic boys, but he never said anything. So I felt like between his time when he was young and my time, things had changed enough that the Jewish kids and the Catholic kids didn't have to fight each other. And that's the end of the story about Bernie and the Bickford boys. Our next segment is crafty segment, and we're going to talk about nature art. So our family has always been really inspired by Andy Goldsworthy and by um, this book, Earth to Earth, which is about Martin Hill and his cool artworks. A lot of it is he would take um, rocks from one place and reassemble them into a beautiful circle on top of something else like moss or cracked desert or something like that. Or he would use sticks to make like a arch over a pond and then photograph it so it looked like a circle. Um, so we decided we would try to do some nature art in our backyard. And a really cool thing about this project is that you don't need to buy anything. You can just go into your backyard or wherever you have access to nature and kind of find one thing that looks a specific way and then put it against a different background. So Kai, you want to talk about what we did? So, yeah, we thought, you know, we were just like, well, let's try that ourselves, see how it goes, see how bad it will be. And actually, it didn't turn out that bad. You see, we started with thinking, you know, let's make a circle with things. So, we looked around our yard, and one thing that we had a lot of was small twig twigs from our cherry tree. So we decided to use those to create our sculpture. And we were thinking, this is kind of like a memorial for our cherry tree, because it died, sadly. Trees are so good. Anyway, so yeah, we, you know, so what we did, we have a, a thing, a container that's cir circular with seeds in it outside for, like, birds and squirrels and that kind of stuff. And those kind of animals. So we used that as the template and we put the sticks around it. So we gathered all the sticks and then we sorted them tallest to smallest. Yeah, my sister did it and then she gave it to us and then I put it on the left side and Jalo put the sticks on the right side. Then eventually we got all around. And so then we carefully took the bird seed container out and some bird seed fell out so i thought why not be a little cage for the birds you know to protect the um protect them from cats and yeah protect them from the five cats that we have in here so we so then i sprinkled them all around so we ended up with a circle of sticks that was perfectly circular and it had tall sticks on one side and short sticks on the other and we thought that people who were walking by might enjoy that yeah that's pretty much it. Next, Angela will be doing a quarantine story. 
All right, so you may be familiar with this idea of panic buying. People are going and buying a lot of one thing because that they're worried they might not have enough when they're sheltering in their homes. So you might have heard about toilet paper and wipes and things like that. So we were pretty much expecting that, but we had an unusual panic buying scenario revealed by our uh, cousin Steve this week. Cousin Steve has a beautiful lizard, which is... Um, a gecko with leopard print that he got from a friend and he's taking care of it while that friend goes off to college. And that little gecko likes to hunt and eat live mealworms. Even though she's 13 years old, she can still hunt pretty well. So he went to the store to get some uh, mealworms for his little lizard. And when he got there, he was surprised to see that that whole section was cleaned out. And the person said, Nope, everyone's been panicked by mealworms. You can't get any right now. It's like there's one little sad container of wax worms, and that's it. So you're going to have to buy crickets. So Steve came home with a bag full of crickets, which we have never tried feeding her before. And uh, we were a little worried because they were so cute. But we did end up feeding them to the lizard, and she hunted them very well. But what was funniest was that our cat, Pearl loves to hunt things, and she got very excited because she saw the cardboard box with holes in it, and she could hear the crickets moving around in there, and she really, really wanted to hunt them, and then eventually one of them got free, and she did try to hunt it, but we saved it from her. So that's our quarantine story. Be careful if you want mealworms. Okay, just like I said, now we're going to finish it all off with a tip. We had a moment that was kind of exciting earlier today when um, our little dog Sasha, she is a Shih Tzu and she has a very short snout, which means that sometimes if she gets excited or alarmed, she gets what we call an asthma attack, where she has trouble breathing and she makes a terrible noise like, and it usually goes on for several minutes and it's very alarming to everyone, though she always comes out of it fine. So today when when, uh, Bupa walked up to the door, she got alarmed and she started having one of those fits and Bupa acted quickly and saved the day. Well, so if a person gets the air knocked out of them and they're lying on the floor or ground, you just go up and grab their belt buckle in your hand and lift up. And this stretches out their chest and their abdomen and it enables them to get their breath. So I figured if it worked on people, it might work on the dog. She wasn't wearing a belt, so I just grabbed under her front armpits, lifted her up so she's standing on her hind legs, straightened her out, and she immediately regained her breath. Remember, everyone, this is from all of us. Be alert. Be kind. Be flexible. And wash your hands.